0: Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie,
1: and Heath. Monday, March 9th. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Team needs for two more divisions. The AFC East and the AFC West. And we've got a couple of questions for Ben Gretsch right off the top of the show. Just being called out by the emailers so that'll be fun fantasy football at cbsi.com i'm adam azer i had a great weekend you guys aren't gonna ask so i'll just tell you all i had a great weekend i watched parasite
0: don't really understand how it won best picture dave heath ben how are, how are your weekends dave uh my weekend was great thank you for asking and it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a fun podcast for ben grotch <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I didn't even, even know how, to
2: sp- how his last name sounds That's who ben grotch yes um yeah, I had a good weekend. I smoked a couple of chickens on Saturday. Um, drank some beer.
1: It was, it was a good time. Cool. You just find a new animal to put in the smoker every Sunday, it seems. So, chicken this week. Ben, how you doing? How was your XFL weekend? I know you're, you're the XFL dude.
3: Uh, it was all right. We got, you know, we still have some head coaches that are playing some 1990 style football that is pretty annoying. It, it's, it's bother It's, you know, bogging down the product a little bit, the lack of aggressiveness, but, um, and then, you know, other games will be really exciting. So it's like every weekend you get a few duds, a few good ones.
1: And if you want to hear a quarterback blister his offensive coordinator live on the air during a game, <laughs> After throwing a touchdown, no less, the XFL is the league for you. It's good stuff. It's, it's fun stuff. All right, so let's get into the show. Um, we've had this ongoing debate about what Joe Burrow will be for his wide receivers. Will he be better or worse than Andy Dalton? So our first email comes from Nick, email of the day number one. You guys keep going back and forth with Ben Gretchen. That I don't know what that's all about. Z r g r e t c h e n. G-R-E-T-C-H-E-N. About Joe Joe Burrow being good as a rookie. Does Ben think Joe Burrow will be as good as Andrew Luck's rookie year, which was 4,374 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions? Do you think Burrow can do about 4,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions?
3: Yeah, I mean, I certainly think he can. Um, It's funny i only think i've talked about burl once so the, the listeners say we keep going back and forth my my take on him he's an older pro, uh older prospect there is concern i think that he w- wasn't good until his final um collegiate season until he was a lot older you know i'm always talking about age with prospects i think that uh matters more at some of the skill positions but i i don't think it's completely irrelevant that joe burl wasn't a really productive college quarterback until he was like 22, 23, a lot older than pretty much everyone he was playing with and against. Um, but that should also mean that he's, you know, potentially further along or or more prepared and ready to start from week 1 and if he does, I think Cincinnati's a great spot. That's basically what we've said is that if they can improve their offensive line a little bit, they have a ton of skill position players. Sounds like they're going to try to bring AJ Green back. Um, so yeah, I absolutely think in Cincinnati particularly with the weapons that he has, he doesn't have to be amazing to put up those numbers. I think he can definitely do that.
2: Yeah, I, I was looking this morning, just kind of trying to think about this some more, and I, listen, it's, there's a mixed bag of quarterbacks over the last 20 years who have gone 1.1 1. 1 in their rookie year. It's um, There have been, like Andrew Luck, 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns. That, that was the very best. Um, but Jameis and Cam both threw for 4,000 yards in their rookie year. Um, then you got a lot of guys that were in that six yards per attempt, six and a half yards per attempt, and, and 3,000, 3,500 yards. So there, there's upside there. I just don't, I think the expectation should be mediocre for year one.
0: Matt Ryan this past year had 4,466 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I'm not sure exactly what he added on the ground, if anything. Those numbers seem right on par with what Joe Burrow could do, don't you think? It would be the greatest rookie season for a one point oh one quarterback in the last twenty
2: years.
3: That's so. You, that's such a narrow angle on it, though. I first did of that. All, I did is. that
2: to be fair, because if you look at first round quarterbacks over the last twenty years, it looks much much worse. I kind of I agree was with trying you to here. be more okay, fair. <laughs>
3: let's let's talk real quick about looking at historical over the last twenty years, because rookie quarterbacks didn't get a chance to start until like maybe five eight to 10 years ago. They really didn't get j- pushed right in. And then more to the point, the league has also changed a ton just in the last half decade, a ton, way more passing, way more open uh, offenses, three wide receiver sets. The, the A lot of the rookie quarterbacks you're comparing them to. If you go back 20 years, it's not even in the like the same league. It's not the same type of playing time opportunity. It's, it's a completely different
0: situation in my opinion. And, and, How different is this quarterback compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks that have been taken at one point? I
2: think it's a fine argument if you want to say Joe Burrow is the best rookie quarterback we've seen. I mean, I can't take that that. stand. I can't take
0: that stand because I think Andrew Luck (laughs) was better when he came out. I don't don't know if there's anybody since. I don't think you have to take that stance. I think you can say the league has changed and he
3: doesn't have to be the best that we've seen um, to be better than a lot of these guys
0: 10 years ago. So Heath, yeah. you obviously don't think that he can hit 44, 66, which I'm never going to project someone to do something that no one's done. Would you feel more comfortable projecting him for 4,000 yards, maybe a little bit more than that? 21 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Is that more in the wheelhouse of what you would expect from Joe Burrow? I think that's fine.
2: I like That may even be a little low on the touchdowns, but like the league has definitely changed, but the rookie quarterbacks last year weren't good as passers.
0: That's Derek Carr's like numbers. The, from 2019, and he finishes the 23rd. Like, Kyler was 3,720? He was the 23rd quarterback in fantasy points per game at that rate. 17th overall.
3: Baker nearly hit 4,000 in not 16 games. Jameis hit 4,000. I'm kind of curious, like, what?
1: Daniel Why? Jones Daniel Jones threw 24 touchdowns in 13 games. He wasn't going to have 4,000 yards. If, if you want to expand this to receivers... I did go back the last 11 seasons, beginning with Matthew Stafford, and looked at the number one overall pick quarterbacks. So it's Stafford, Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Jameis, Goff, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. And in their rookie seasons, what did their wide receivers do? So the leading wide receiver on each team. So let's do this exercise real quick because this was also an A.J. Green discussion. I think probably more pertinent for A.J. Green than Joe Burrow. He's obviously going to go a lot earlier than Joe Burrow uh, in drafts. So, Matthew Stafford, 2009. I-, I took the names of the receivers out to see if you can guess who the leading receiver was on each team. Some are easier than others. Who do you think it was in 2009 for the Lions? Calvin Johnson. It was. He played only 14 games. He was the number 20 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 22 in PPR. A big drop-off from being the number three wide receiver the year before. But he had 984 yards and five touchdowns. In but you just said he only played 14 14 games. games. But it still was right. a... It still was a big drop off, but um he did he went from twelve touchdowns to five. That was the biggest difference. Okay. Uh, Sam Bradford in two thousand ten. Who do you think his leading receiver was?
3: Exactly. Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola. Sure. It yeah, was Danny, Danny Amendola. Amendola.
1: Good job. Uh, he did not have a big year. Uh, eighty five catches, not bad, but six eighty nine and three for Amendola. Cam Newton, this is the this is the best example of a Steve wide Smith. receiver. Steve Smith, top seven wide receiver. Uh, 79 catches, almost 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns in 16 games. Andrew Luck, his top receiver was? Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, second most targets in the NFL that year. He was the number 14 wide receiver in non-PPR, number eight in PPR. He had 106 catches, 1,355 yards, and five touchdowns. And T.Y. Hilton was a top 30 wide receiver. And I think, the trend I started to notice was the touchdowns were probably possibly more affected than the yards. 2015, Jameis Winston, it was his leading receiver, Mike Evans, Mike Evans 1,200 yards, three touchdowns. He had 12 the year before, and I think he had 12 the year after. But Evans was the number the number 26 wide receiver in non number 22 in PPR. Jared Goff, his leading receiver in 2016 was.
2: It was um Sammy What? No, No, he wasn't. Good there luck yet.
1: on this one, guys. No, who left? Left? Kenny, oh.
2: Britt.
3: Kenny, Kenny Britt.
1: Kenny Britt. That's I, Kenny was, Britt. I was thinking of like Dwayne <laughs>
3: Bow and stuff. I knew he signed with the Browns. Yeah,
1: yeah. Kenny Britt was uh twenty fourth and non, twenty sixth in PPR. He had sixty eight catches, one thousand yards, five touchdowns, not bad. And Baker Mayfield, leading receiver, was Jarvis. Jarvis Landry, similar year to Britt, 976 yards, four touchdowns. He was 22nd and 9, 19th in PPR. And Kyler Murray did not really give us a good receiver. Larry Fitzgerald was actually the leading receiver. Christian Kirk, probably better, definitely better on a per-game basis, but he missed three games. So you had two I, studs.
3: receivers. Reggie Wayne had over 1,300 yards. Mike Evans had over 1,200 yards. Steve Smith had almost 1,400. Calvin yeah. Johnson had thousand fourteen games. And then the guys who are throwing to like Daniel and Dole, like a lot of these guys are going to go into situations where the team is just awful because they're the first pick. Right. But like part Michael. of the argument with Joe Burrow is he's going into a situation where he has talent around him. And of those names you just read that were guys that were like top 10 potential receivers. A lot of them, you're right. The touchdowns seem to be impacted, yeah. but these teams are going to trail too. They're not good teams. And that's another thing I would also argue with Burrow. I think he's going to have to throw to catch up in games uh, so, I mean, I think there's plenty of room for them to, to rack up passing yards, maybe not as many touchdowns. I, I think I'm sold on
2: that. I, I think um, like that is one thing when looking at this list, Adam, of those first-round quarterbacks. Only two of them that had at least 400 pass attempts in their rookie year had a touchdown rate over 4.2%, which is really, really low. But it's something we saw with Kyler last year. And I think that one thing that rookie quarterbacks may have trouble dealing with is the lack of space. Space. In the red zone.
1: All right. Something to think about. A a more important email for Ben is this one. Email of the day number two from Dave from a city that used to be part of Washington, D.C.
0: Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, cool. That used to be the the home of Hilltop until it caught fire.
1: Can we get a final answer on how to pronounce Ben's last name? When someone pointed out on the podcast that his Twitter handle wasn't that clever because his name (laughs) doesn't rhyme with catch, Ben's answer was something like, I think I know how to pronounce my own last name which I think established two things pretty clearly. One, Ben says his name does in fact rhyme with catch. And two, he's willing to be kind of a jerk about it. But you guys keep saying it rhymes like it rhymes with fetch. Ben's clearly got strong feelings about this. Can we get a final answer?
3: Did Adam just write this email oh, no. and, and make up Dave from a city that used to be part of Washington, D.C.? Of course not. Okay. Come on. Obviously, like, I yeah, I do have strong feelings about how <laughs> apparently, but obviously... The issue here is that we don't all say the word catch the same. I say catch like it rhymes with fetch. The the emailer and Adam don't think catch and fetch rhyme. They think it's catch.
1: We're crazy. We're so crazy to think that ca- that C-A-T-C-H doesn't sound like fetch. I mean... I, but
3: that's the whole issue here. That's no, the, all I'm the, saying. The issue yes, is my that name you rhymes to... with fetch. My name rhymes <laughs> with fetch. You can emailer if you don't say catch that way that's fine the answer is that no. it with it.
1: ben the fact that you do say catch that way i think that's the problem here i think i say catch per- that way you say that too yeah how do you, so guys- you go outside and have a catch no
0: catch yeah, yeah. catch catch, <laughs> catch. You, frog, you say cat, cats up this is this is way more interesting than Frog and dog,
1: cats up and catch up are two completely different things. I no. mean, at least their labels catch, are different. Catch fetch,
0: do they rhyme? Catch and what?
1: Fetch? No, of course they don't rhyme.
0: It's just a. Well, Heath how you and Ben it. are saying. That I don't they do. think
1: catch and fetch technically
2: rhyme, but I You're do right. say catch. I've you have a hybrid.
1: Catch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess thank you for clearing it up, uh, Heath. I'd like for you to weigh in on the fairly awkward fantasy baseball moment that we're having right now. Are you seeing this? No. We have one spot left in our office league. Yes. And uh, one of our colleagues recommended that it go to Ben Schrager. I I was going to offer it to either Ben Gretsch or Ben Schrager. So I don't really know what to do right now. Maybe they want to share a team. It's a
2: pretty terrible league. Um, league. I say whoever you make play in the league is probably like (laughs) (laughs) there should be no hard feelings if you don't get into this league. Uh, Schrager can have it.
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. Fine. Shraggy B is going to get in the league. Great league's been going on for like 10 years, it's awesome. All right. Um, news and notes. Austin Eckler, four years, $24.5 million, $15 million guaranteed. He's played seven games without Melvin Gordon in his last two seasons. And here are the carries in those seven games for Eckler. 12, 13, 15, 12, 17, 9, 18. So it got better this year. And he had five or more catches in six of those seven games. Uh, Dave, what's your read on this signing of Eckler? Four years, $24.5 million with $15 million guaranteed.
0: I think it's a great deal for the chargers because they're getting a hell of a running back at a pretty cheap price and they are still open for business at the position. They can let Melvin Gordon go. They can draft another running back. Maybe one will be available in the second or third wave of free agency at a cheap price that they can pair with Austin Eckler. Uh, I loved going back and looking at how Eckler did with him without Melvin Gordon uh, 12 games with Melvin Gordon, about 10 non PPR points per game, 16 PPR which points is awesome. per game. <laughs> Which is awesome. I'm not complaining. I, what? You think I'm about to poo-poo Austin no, Eckler here? No, no, I'm
2: just saying like that.
0: That's the width.
2: It's well, going if to you get think better. That that's good.
0: The four games without Melvin Gordon, he was averaging 29 PPR fantasy points per game and 26 PPR fantasy points per game. That's not good. That's excellent. So I'm hoping that the Chargers do nothing at running back. Go with Justin Jackson as the one B, make Eckler the one A. Give him twenty touches per game. That's what he averaged in four games without Melvin Gordon to begin the year. Let him be that guy. And if they do, Austin Eckler, first round pick, would you?
2: I've only got him at fifteen touches per game, one hundred and sixty-four carries and eighty receptions, and that's a slight, just a tiny little boost from before the contract because I was had a little more fear then about them bringing in someone to take more touches than I do now. I still think they're going to bring somebody else in, but I. 15 touches a game for Austin Eckler in PPR that makes him my number five running back.
0: <laughs> Which you would probably take as a first round pick. Borderline. I don't think you have to. I know it sounds scary to do something like that, but I think that there's potential there, but they got to do nothing. They I've, can't draft somebody.
2: I think they're going to draft someone but, or sign somebody.
0: Right. They're going they're to gonna do They should do something, and that'll kind of hurt them. I've got him as a late second round pick, assuming that they had somebody.
2: Poo poo at Ben Gritch scratch
0: I, I
3: like eckler <laughs> <laughs> i like eckler no i i would take him uh probably in the second yeah
1: okay that's i, that's I, if I, love, they, the, I
3: love the high value touches i'm concerned about philip rivers not being there anymore i'm concerned about uh how much he targeted running backs in the in the green zone and how much he targeted running backs overall and and I think that was a huge part of Eckler's value. And if Tyrod Taylor's starting, I think there's he gets knocked a little bit from those um, types of touches. He he could lose some of that, but he should still uh, have a, a really heavy distribution towards the passing game, which is really good for PPR backs. So yeah, I mean I I love Eckler. It's it's challenging with the uh, elite efficiency he's had that he, for him to be able to keep that up with a, a larger workload. But I mean he's a yeah he's a tough guy to. Pin down right now until we really know what the what the mix will be.
1: Would you guys rather have Todd Gurley or Austin Eckler if you're drafting today? Eckler, I take it by a mile. What if the Chargers draft a running back in round three? Three,
0: yeah,
2: still Eckler, still
0: Eckler. They okay. would have to make a big splash for me to move Eckler down. Big splash at running back. Okay, and I think they've got so many other needs that they just can't. And they weren't going to pay Melvin Gordon. So I can't imagine them spending a ton of money on free agency.
1: Last one. I think Eckler is going to be the guy. Joe Mixon or Eckler?
0: Mixon. Eckler. I'm taking Mixon.
1: All right. So Eckler looking good right now. If you have him in a dynasty league, his value has really changed quite a bit. Uh, okay. Kansas City not expected to bring LeSean McCoy back. It's not a surprise. It's according to NFL Network. This is interesting. The Saints they placed the first round tender on Taysom Hill, which isn't really that much money one year four point six seven million dollars and they can also match any offer made to Taysom Hill and any team that signs him would have to give up a first round pick if they sign him. So Taysom Hill is obviously staying with the Saints. And uh, you know, Ben, from a dynasty standpoint, how excited would you be to have Taysom Hill on your team? Not for this year, but theoretically for twenty twenty one and beyond? Uh
3: not very excited. I mean, I don't even know that he's worth a roster spot, especially if it's a one QB league. If it's a two QB league, I can I can understand it. Um, but you'd have to have a pretty deep league for me to just burn a roster spot on a 30-year-old backup quarterback that might get the chance to start down the road. And then at that point, we still don't even know how good of a passer he is. Everyone is just assuming uh, and, and kind of taking Sean Payton at his word that this guy can be good, or not everyone, but a lot of people seem to be assuming that, that, that he can be uh, you know, an effective full time quarterback. I'm not nearly as certain. Yes, the fantasy upside would be huge with his running ability if he did ever, you know, show that he could throw and, and play that often, but I'm just not really buying it.
2: I've disagreed with Ben a lot over the last three episodes, so I just wanted to take a moment to say that he is 100% correct about Taysom Hill.
1: <laughs> I, I at least see a scenario where he's a really good fantasy quarterback. He's got a great head coach, great system. He's got a number one wide receiver who's young and in his prime. He's going to be able to run the ball. We know that. Uh, you know. Yeah,
3: but there's an opportunity cost of holding for an entire year.
1: Oh, no, on- I mean you got like th- th- these dynasty leagues have such big rosters. I I wouldn't really have a problem holding. It doesn't
3: him. matter the size. I'd literally rather hold any. I mean, like it, it matters the size to an extent, but almost any wide receiver or running back prospect that's like a rookie that has potential to break out. There are so many that it, even in my shallow leagues are not available. Hold that guy and oh, hope yeah. that he.
0: Corey Davis, you're holding Davis over yeah. Jason Hill. Yep. What about Miles Boykin? Is it a 100? No-brainer?
3: I 100%. would hold Boykin for sure. Yeah,
0: 100%. I mean, I've just I brought up the name. We talked about him last week on the pod. Uh, Javon Wims. Mm. Honestly,
3: I'd hold Wims. Like, what's the payoff with a quarterback? You can you can find a replacement.
1: So yeah, but there's probably think about your dynasty teams, right? I've one. I've got some crappy veterans that I have to cut you know it's like oh, that's your problem adam uh, well no i did well in the league it's just there's so <laughs> many guys on my team that throughout the year at some point i'm i need a player i pick up you know willie sneed or something like that there's somebody you can cut i'm not going to cut a second year running back to keep Taysom hill but all right uh so just go through the rest here the redskins are allowing Trent williams to seek a trade the eagles are allowing left tackle jason peters to test free agency the Eagles also hired um, former Baltimore Offensive Coordinator Marty Morinwig, who was there in 2018, Lamar Jackson's rookie season. They hired him as an offensive consultant and an uh, article on our website about whether or not that could they could bring some of those elements over to their team. And this is actually a quote from Doug Peterson from the Eagles website, which was, I think from that standpoint, it helps from an ideas perspective, how they use Lamar, what they were doing with their tight ends. The run game is a little different and unique from what ours is. From that standpoint, having that information and knowing that structure can enhance what we're doing by bringing in an idea or two from that system. Dave, does that quote mean anything to you?
0: No. Okay. Do you really think that they're going to start running Carson Wentz? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's going to be part of the design of how they use their run game. But I think that they've got a pretty good beat on their offense. Maybe
2: they're going to draft a running quarterback they're and draft
0: Jalen Hurts. Bring, bring him in to play eight plays
2: a game a uh Taysom Hill or Lamar Jackson as a rookie. Didn't they push
3: Morningweg out so that – like essentially pushed him out so that Greg Roman could – who was like the real architect of the run game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So
3: hiring Morningweg – almost
0: Weg resisted to, it, I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, Morningweg was like in charge at the beginning of last season and then like I think mid-year, right, he got he got removed and, and Roman kind of took over or maybe it was after the season. But I don't think Morningweg is like the, the run game architect by any means.
1: No, I also think the Eagles need to shake it up on offense. They, they were third in scoring in 2017. They've been 18th and 12th the last two seasons. Uh, Seattle could be interested in Alex Collins or Marshawn Lynch. They need some running back depth, with their two guys hurt. Denver will not be wow. bringing back Theo Riddick <laughs> yeah, or Devontae Booker. Those guys did pretty much nothing last year. And Buffalo signed or will sign Josh Norman to a one-year contract at cornerback. One year, 6 to $8 million for Josh Norman. Please join our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today, and tell your friends. Leave us a nice comment in Apple Podcasts. We'd always appreciate that. And we got a promotion for you for Sportsline. Right now, March Madness is about to start. Alright, you want to gamble on some games? You want some help with your bracket? How about $1 for your first month? Go to Sportsline.com. Use the promo code HUDDLE. Get your first month of Sportsline for $1. Sportsline is a gambling site. It's Every sport, it's a whole bunch of sports. I don't know about every sport. Picks for all the games, great content, great writers, great contributors. $1 for the first month. Sportsline.com, promo code HUDDLE. It will renew at only $9.99. It's another great deal. And you know we're doing a March Madness challenge again, a bracket challenge, so please join that. You'll get the link in our episode descriptions. You can email me if you want the link. I'll be tweeting it. You obviously have some time to join. But if you're a football listener and you win the bracket, you are the, the bracket challenge. You are in the podcast league. It's all free. It's on CBS and it's fun. Let's do the team needs. Start with the new England Patriots. They went 12 and four. They won the AFC East again. They were actually seventh in the NFL in scoring. I don't have the breakdown of where they were in offensive scoring because I know they scored on defense and special teams, <laughs> um, but they also ran the third most plays in the NFL, which was surprising. They were 23rd in yards per play. We know their offense needs to be better. Ben, you have the team needs for the Patriots. Go for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, picking out team needs for the Patriots is like a, such a futile endeavor because Belichick is kind of the master. I mean, everyone looks and compares team building to Belichick because he's so well known for reimagining his entire roster. I most famously, you know, just shifting to a tight end heavy scheme when they brought in Gronk. Um, but it's obvious that they're going to need to address quarterback whether it's Tom Brady or someone else and we don't know if that will wind up being you know maybe a more mobile quarterback which could change their entire system maybe he wants to try something different it also seems pretty obvious they need to add an outside receiver even though I I do still think Nikhil Harry can be very good Um, and they they have Julian Edelman in the slot there's still a lot of concern you know with Harry not being healthy or productive in year one that, that they don't have playmakers on the outside I think the running back rotation is probably fine. You still have Sony, Michelle brought in uh Damian Harris early last year and didn't even, you know, crack the field in year one, but he's still there. James White is still there as the pass catching running back. Um, but yeah, I would think mostly you're looking at quarterback wide receiver, obviously, you know, tight end still an area of need as well since Gronk retired. So it, it's just a matter of what they want to do. Last year, tight end wasn't really an area of need because they, they weren't really leaning on the tight end position in their scheme. Um, so it's, it is kind of challenging to, to, uh, to figure out, especially without knowing who the quarterback will be, to figure out what their biggest needs will
0: be. But, you know, there's definitely needs. Guys, I can see them adding another receiver. I could see them moving on from Philip Dorsett and trying to add some youth there and maybe someone that's a little more speedy. Uh, Nikhil Harry is a great route runner and a nice big target, but I don't know if we can qualify him as a speedster. And that would give whoever the quarterback is just another good element in the offense. Edelman's not going anywhere. Uh, the offensive line, I think, has some serious issues, too. They could lose a couple of guys there. They might get one back with David Andrews. You know, he had the blood clot last year, didn't play. Looks like he's on his way to coming back. And there's a lot of good young talent on that line. Isaiah Wynn, probably the biggest of the bunch, but he's got to stay healthy. So that they've got a lot of needs, and if they sign Brady to a deal where they're paying him north of $30 million a year – it does kind of hurt their cap. Right now, their cap space is projected to be right around forty million. That's nowhere close to the top of uh, of the list of teams that have a ton of cap space.
1: It, I mean, just generally speaking, does this feel like an avoid
0: offense right now? Right yeah. now, kind of. Talk to us again in July and August.
1: Does Julian Edelman need Tom Brady? To be a must start wide receiver? No. Definitely not. He just needs them to
2: either sign Tom Brady or bring someone else in. The, well, I think I mean, they'll do that. That, that would
0: just. Right. Oh, and you mean like I not mean, Jared does
2: Well, I mean, if Stidham is starting, right. then I'm probably not going to be very interested in Julian Edelman.
1: Okay, last Patriots question. We'll go around the room. Dave, Heath, Ben. Who has a better chance of being a sleeper or a productive sleeper this year? Nikhil Harry or Damian Harris? Harry. Harry.
3: Yeah, Harry for sure.
1: All right. Harry's a round 10
0: guy for me right now.
1: Heath, other than throwing the ball to John Brown on every play, what does Buffalo's team need? (laughs) It's really interesting because like, if you were making the argument for what
2: the Bills need from a be a contender to win the Super Bowl, then you could make an argument they need almost every position. Um, But from a fantasy perspective – We don't really want them to bring in a complimentary back to Devin Singletary, even though they've indicated they are going to. So that's one need they are going to address. I don't really want them to bring in another wide receiver because between Cole Beasley and John Brown, and hopefully an increased role for Dawson Knox, it would just kind of crush any hope of anyone being good with Josh Allen. But I anticipate they're going to bring in a wide receiver I think they're pretty well set at tight end and and they'll probably improve the offensive line a little bit. But it's it's kind of a team that has needs. But for fantasy purposes, there's so little value to be had there. We don't really want them to address those needs because it's going to cause everyone to have to share more.
0: And then no one's going to be valuable except for Josh Allen. Where were they in terms of pace of play last year? The Buffalo Bills, they weren't they weren't racking up a ton of plays week after week, right? They were still no. trying to run the ball. I've time. got them at 1,018 plays
2: last year, and the league median was 1,020. So right in the middle of the pack, basically. Now, that doesn't totally tell you pace because it's game script dependent, but the, they ran a 1,018 plays the year before they ran 1,008. They've been pretty average in terms of total plays the last couple of years. And so, below
3: average in yards. And below average in points, typically – and then there's a stat, there are 23rd in points and, and 24th in, in yards on offense from scrimmage. But their skill position PPR, like the combined PPR points of their skill positions were either 28th or 29th, I think. They were down there in the bottom five of the league because Josh Allen rushing accounts for so many of their offensive touchdowns and a lot of their offensive yardage. So, yeah, I agree with Heath. It's It's already full up. If they add anyone, I don't want anybody on the Bills
1: yeah unless you're just hoping for josh allen i mean maybe the biggest impact that the bills can have in fantasy is josh allen being a a league winner with his rushing prowess and you give him i think he needs a tall wide receiver i think his receivers are too short he's just too inaccurate and they have to get him like a 6 foot 3 wide receiver to throw to he he needs it um so, you know and obviously i think you, you know i'm very hopeful for josh allen but John Brown was had a really good year, but he was 18th in non-PPR and 24th in PPR on a per-game basis. So if they go and add a, another wide receiver, they make some type of significant investment, free agency or the draft. It'll
0: hurt, yeah.
1: Is he going to be outside your top 30, John Brown? He,
0: he, he could be. I still think he would be in the conversation of being a number three receiver. I think I'm looking at this right. There was no game last year. Where multiple Bills receivers had fourteen plus PPR points, there would be one a game, some weeks, most weeks. But I I mean, just looking at Brown and Beasley, they never overlapped. They never had fourteen. Okay, so like Singletary and Brown did, but not receivers. Correct. Okay, Mm. it wasn't really that often when Singletary and and maybe we should include Gore in that as well. But Singletary plus another receiver, a couple times, they'd hit both fourteen PPR points.
2: Really concerned they are going to, um, just bring in a couple of Eagles, Jordan Howard and Alshon Jeffrey and totally ruin everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why the Eagles? Just those are the two guys that pop up would, it would be like the biggest soul crushers. Mm. Howard, I could see and they, they, they move on from Gore and they bring in Jordan Howard to replace him. And that's a nice cheap option for them to have as a 1B back. And that would stink for Singletary. I think they could get a good receiver in the draft. A good one that can be what Adam is talking about, north of six feet tall, maybe more big and catch radiusy than you know, like a Denzel Mims. They're definitely uh, gonna try have... to
3: add they're definitely gonna try to add someone like that, I think. I mean they tried with Antonio Brown last year, even after they brought in John Brown, and then mm-hmm. Brown basically said Antonio Brown basically said, I'm not gonna play with them and the, you know the trade kind of fell through because of that. But like they're they look like they want that type of, you know elite outside guy. And then John Brown becomes more of just a deep threat and be w- in the slot. Yeah.
0: Sure. And okay. this is a draft that's loaded with big physical receivers. Like Mims has like physicality plus he's fast. But mm-hmm. if you want someone that's a little bit slower, there's guys like Chase Claypool and uh, Gandy Golden from Liberty and Jawan Jennings from Tennessee. And there's a bunch more on top of that. So they, they can find somebody who's good at receiver and big. I don't see them trying to like chase after Amari Mark Cooper if he hits the free agent market or, you know, make they're definitely not going to make a run at Antonio Brown again. But somebody who's short and speedy, I don't know if that's really what they need more of.
1: Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. They were five and eleven. They were in last place. They were the fourth lowest scoring team in the NFL. They were the worst rushing team in the NFL. And they did actually throw the seventh most passes in the NFL. So, Dave, the Dolphins, I mean, they need a running back, right? <laughs> running it might game. be
0: easier, Adam, to, to list the things that they don't need than what they do need. Because they've got a good outside receiver in Devontae Parker, and they've got a promising tight end in Mike Kosicki, and they've got a quarterback that they can begin the year with, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everything else is up for grabs. And I mean everything else is up for grabs. Their running backs are LOL terrible. There are other wide receivers. Albert Wilson's going to get cut. They don't want to pay him $10 million this year. Alan Hearns is going to get cut. Their next most expensive wide receiver is Shaquem Grant. He's only getting $4 million. They can use him on kick returns. Preston Williams has two years left on his cheap deal. They've got a couple of guys that can fight for a roster spot that you might have heard of before. They're going to add at least one wide receiver in the draft, maybe even another one in free agency. But the offensive line has to get addressed. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if they've got four new starters on that offensive line. They were graded the worst in pass blocking, by pro football focus, 30th in run blocking, and they're already being linked to the Patriots linemen, Joe Thune and uh, Ted Karras. And I wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Dolphins splurged on both of them because they've got $88 million in cap space. That's the most of anybody out there. And their defense is bad. Their pass rush was terrible. They had the league low 23 sacks. There were 10 teams that had twice as many so they they need help everywhere they were terrible. it's terrible at stopping the run. they were not great at defending the pass they can't get to the quarterback. they need a lot of stuff they have 14 so, draft
1: picks three in the first round
0: right 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 it could be so a very different to, team. they need to use those picks to find some impact players I would almost I almost hope that they go a little crazy on the offensive line in free agency. Maybe they do, like I said, spend the money up on those Patriots guys, so that's not as big of a need in the draft. And maybe they end up with Jonathan Taylor coming out of the draft. And at first, people might go, yeah, he's on the Dolphins, and we can't use him in fantasy. But if that offensive line gets shored up, Taylor can give them the rushing presence they want, and I think he can be potentially 16, 17 touches a week right out of the gate.
3: My Um, issue with that is the Dolphins are in such a rebuild a, taking a running back early is kind of like if you think you're in position and it's the last piece of the puzzle it's really a hard thing to try to build around so I, I think that would be a pretty um poor pick from a value perspective for them and they seem to be kind of doing the the analytics type breakdown that that sashi brown did in in cleveland and and, and rebuild we'll see if, you know how how they go from there but it seems like that's where they've been headed if you kind of track what they've been up to so uh, i don't know that we'll see a running back like that I, I actually think we might see a veteran running back brought in somebody they can pay some money so that they're like you know actually getting their their uh salary cap up a little bit but somebody on a short-term deal um and who i you know wouldn't necessarily make them better which i don't know if they really want to be significantly better in 2021 so i think they're actually like a dark horse spot for one of the big free agent running backs
1: Heath, what do you think the future would look like if it's Tua Tagovailoa throwing to Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and Mike Kosicki?
2: Um That's that's a pretty good set of weapons, I think, for Tua.
0: It's, um, I, I think it would look bright. The future would look bright. There'll be bright hospital lights if the offensive line isn't good, though.
1: They do certainly. They really need to invest there. So who are we most excited about? I mean, it's an obvious answer, Devonte Parker, and and we should note Devonte Parker. His splits with and without Preston Williams were pretty dramatic. Eight games with him, four hundred yards, five touch four touchdowns. Eight games without him, eight hundred and two yards, <laughs> twice <laughs> as many yards. Of course, I, I think he had a little bit more Josh Rosen when he was playing with Preston Williams, and only Ryan Fitzpatrick without him, I believe. But uh, you know, yeah. it, twice as many yards in those eight games. That's that's pretty eye opening.
2: Yeah, I um put together my first sleepers breakouts and busts last week and I just based it totally on the industry consensus and Parker was the consensus 16 or 17 wide receiver and that is a big red warning siren for me just because like yeah, he was really good in the second half of last year. It's also half of a season and 5 years of a career and it didn't happen until Preston Williams got hurt. So I, I have grave concerns that also, like Fitzpatrick, could start the first half of the year and then a bad rookie quarterback could play the second half. Yeah. Or Devontae Parker could go back to what he was the first four years of his career. We saw Alshon Jeffrey really struggled to stay healthy for a long time, finally had one year where he played 16 games, and he struggled to stay healthy again. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be worried about Devontae Parker. I would be thrilled to draft him as a number three wide receiver with upside. I am have no
0: interest in drafting him as a starter. Too soon for you to take him in round five.
2: Yes. Absolutely.
3: He's a mo- I agree completely with everything Heath just said. Most overvalued wide receiver in all of fantasy right now. Easily. I named Parker. him in the bus uh, uh, episode we did, I think, last week or two weeks ago as well. Completely agree with what Heath just said.
1: Okay. So in the draft we did in January, we got to do another draft. He went in round five. It was a three-receiver PPR league. Calvin Ridley, Devontae Parker, Cortland Sutton. They were three out of four picks with Kerryon Johnson in between. Uh, In fact, Ben took Kerryon Johnson, and Dave took Devontae Parker. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll stand
0: up for Devontae, because if the Dolphins... The Dolphins have all these draft picks. They can't rebuild everything fast, and the defense is... This is going to sound crazy. They're in worse shape than the offense, if you ask me. And so this is a team that's going to trail a lot, throw a lot, and I still look at Devontae Parker as being the number one receiver for Miami, And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the quarterback. We'll see if it's going to be for four games or, you know, 12 games. Who knows how it's going to be. But Parker can be that number one guy, and I think he's got some potential to have volume go in his favor. Preston
3: was almost exactly on par with him when Preston was on the field. And And they both dealt with a lot of Josh Rosen, not necessarily helping the offense a ton. True, And then once Preston Williams gets hurt, Devonta Parker breaks out. What would Preston Williams have done with Ryan Fitzpatrick for a whole second half of the season? Is kind of my question, because that's what we're going to be looking at in 2021.
0: Are we sure that Preston Williams is going to be back on the field and back to himself after tearing his ACL in November?
1: That's a good point. All question. right, let's go to the let's go to the Jets and finish out the AFC. Now, East. hold on just real oh, okay. quick.
0: Okay. What if it's not Preston Williams? And what if it's, you know, uh, they they get we'll will bring up Denzel Mim's name again or they sign a good receiver in free agency, or they make a trade or something like that. Obviously, that'll impact Devontae Parker.
1: Yeah. All right, well, lots to consider here. Uh, all right, let's go to the Jets and finish out the AFC East. They went 7-9, and nine, which isn't that bad for the lowest-scoring team in the NFL. But their seven wins, they had a good one against Dallas. They beat Buffalo in Week 17 when Buffalo was sitting everybody. Their other wins were the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Steelers they really were not as good as their record IMO. So the jets, what are they, what do they need Ben?
3: Yeah. I mean, we're just going back to back to back with all these AFC East teams that are (laughs) like, so, so depressing to talk about. They're probably (laughs) going to lose Robbie Anderson. They're going to need outside wide receiver help. Demarius Thomas is a free agent as well. Um, Jamison Crowder, I think is going to be back in the slot, but, and Chris Herndon, who missed the whole year, first with a suspension, then with you know recurring injuries when he's trying to get back on the on the field, should be an important part of their pass game at the tight end spot. But they're going to need outside wide receiver help. They might need a backup running back because, you know, Bilal Powell and Ty Montgomery are kind of older veterans. They might want to bring – and obviously behind Le'Veon Bell, they might want to bring in some youth there. I would. Um you know like a, a fourth or fifth round back you know somebody down the, down the line but yeah you still have Sam Darnold you're kind of in place there you need to protect him better and you also have the whole issue that Adam Gase is still the head coach and i you know none who cares what they bring in no one's going to be good for fancy cuz it's all Adam Gase
1: <laughs> well that was my next question I, really their needs a lot of its offensive line their offensive line was so bad do you think there is guys a, a realistic path to unlocking the talent on this team. I mean, look, Sam Darnold, third overall pick. Hopefully, they bring in a receiver. You still have Le'Veon Bell. Crowder can play. Can play. They're not. They're not a completely untalented team on offense. Can they get to another level in 2021? Is it real? In 2020, sorry. Is it realistic? I, I don't know if they can get
2: to another level, but I do. I had two Jets on my uh, sleeper column, and you would hate one of them because his name is Le'Veon Bell, and I, no, like how could he be a sleeper? But it's because I think he's a number 20 running back right now in consensus rankings. And you should expect if Le'Veon Bell stays healthy next year, he's going to be better than he was last year. He's at 3.2 yards per carry. That's absolutely absurd and is going to go up. Um, he had a terrible touchdown rate. And so, yeah, the Jets offensive line is going to be better. I would expect Bell's going to be at least as good as he was last year and probably a little better. And I think like, if you're asking for someone to be unlocked, it's probably Jamison Crowder, because that's really the only position that has consistently been good in an Adam Gase offense is that slot wide receiver role. And last year when Crowder and Darnold were on the field together, twenty five percent of Darnold's target targets went to Jamison Crowder. So I-, I think there's some hope for both of those guys to be good fantasy options.
1: All right, LeVeon Bell had he was on pace and he only played fifteen games. If he played sixteen, he was on pace for three hundred and thirty one touches. That's a lot only 1334 total yards, which is good but not great for 331 touches, but only four touchdowns. That's that's insane. All right, let's go to the AFC West, guys. Let's start with the Chargers. They went 5 and 11, very disappointing season, last in place in the AFC West. Heath, is there a position that looks sort of uncertain right now on the Chargers offensively?
2: Well, are <laughs> they going to franchise Hunter Henry? Because if they bring back Hunter Henry, then they've got a good tight end. They've got a good running back. They've got one and a half good wide receivers. Yeah, they need a quarterback. Uh, And the problem is, like, I don't. We've been criticized by Bills fans, I think, for like five years for liking Tyrod Taylor more than they did, and
1: and by me on behalf of Bills
2: fans. I think Tyrod Taylor could get the Chargers to the playoffs. I think Tyrod Taylor could. Be a good quarterback against the right matchups because of his running ability and finish the year. If he played 16 games as a top 12 fantasy option, especially in four point for pass touchdown leagues. But I am terrified that Tyrod Taylor is going to murder the fantasy value for Kaden Allen and Mike Williams. So for that reason, I would say they need a quarterback. Unfortunately, I think they're probably going to draft a quarterback that's not named Joe Burrow and is not named Tua. And so that quarterback's almost certainly going to be bad in their rookie year and maybe just moving forward. Um, I don't think there's a position that the Chargers need that they are going to adequately address this offseason.
1: Hmm. Well, offensively, you mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah, please no Tyrod Taylor. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, he's almost certainly going to start week one. I think. Yeah. Well, please not that. He'll help them have a chance at getting Trevor Lawrence.
1: You know, I, you know, I, I, think that they they should be in win now mode. They were a trendy Super Bowl pick going into the year. They had a horrible I season. I liked them. I liked them a lot. Last Every, year. A lot of people did, and there's still a lot of talent he got there. Beat up. They so yep. they should. I mean, they should really be looking at the veteran quarterbacks, in my opinion. On the free, they have market. a veteran
2: quarterback who has a winning record in his career. And yeah, what's record. wrong with Tyrod Taylor? He,
0: because Dave, did you say that no, would help them get to?
2: They're Taylor not wins. making
0: the
1: playoffs with Tyrod
0: Taylor as their quarterback.
2: I disagree. I it. He's too. the second best quarterback in the division. Well,
0: that's not saying a whole lot about the division. Behind Carr? No, I, I just kidding.
1: Behind Carr. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, overra- I think you overrate. I think you Tyrod Taylor. And and also, I I just I don't think there's enough of a sample size. I don't think that we can say for certain that he's going to favor running backs and tight ends. I know that's your case to be made from his Bills days but i think it just would be horrible for everyone they have a lot of talent on offense they have too many cooks in the kitchen and they have a quarterback who's just not going to throw the ball that much so it it would be well, just with, awful for everyone like, i think
2: that's like it's very fair to say he is not going to throw the ball as much as philip rivers and he will scramble more often than philip rivers but he was only running like 80 or 90, like it's not like he was running 150 or 160 times uh, this was just a product of he played on a Buffalo team that played slow and handed the ball off to their running backs a ton. If they design an offense that has 600 pass attempts in it, maybe he only throws five, sixty <laughs> instead of 600.
1: Oh but gosh! He's, he's just still going to throw good. the ball a lot. Uh, they, if they if Tyrod Taylor's their starting quarterback, then the Chargers should draft a running back fairly early and just ground and pound their way to the playoffs. I they can go to the playoffs with him because he doesn't turn the ball over. But right. they're not going there on the strength of Tyrod Taylor's arms. He ain't throwing 600 passes. That's my take. Obviously,
0: we'll see what happens. So, uh, what type of a quarterback would you want them to get to feel good about Keenan Allen? Thomas Williams, Brady, right? Tom Brady, yeah, a
3: drop back passer. Because yeah, th- I I agree with that concern. There's no way Keenan Allen, especially who's who's a volume receiver and now has more competition than he kind of ever did. Mike Williams is, is you know, progressing. He, d- he didn't have a great year last year in touchdowns, but made some some really good plays down the field. And Hunter Henry, if he's back, there is more competition than he's had historically. And he's he's a volume receiver. He needs targets. I'm really concerned about Keenan Allen and the way this offense might look this year. What if I gave you one
0: other name? Tua tonga I think Tyrod Ty can Tyrod can start. They'll, they're going to go with the 4-T-2 quarterback move where they've got Tyrod Taylor <laughs> to take the torch to, and then
1: of to to it to Tua
0: to Tagovailoa. No, Dave, take,
1: torch, I take the torch to... to Tyrod Taylor takes the torch to, to a tag of Tagovailoa is an unbelievably T-heavy sentence right I there. I
0: still think it'd be trouble for <laughs> Keenan Allen. I think it would be better that way. Than a year's worth of tyrod taylor man you guys hate tyrod taylor well and and drafting tua
3: might mean a year's worth
0: of tyrod taylor because we don't know how how healthy his hip is everything coming out of indianapolis was that his his uh his hip is going to be okay you think he's he's going to play in
3: 2020
0: i think he could he's got a pro day in two weeks if he goes through that whole pro day just fine and and doctors check him out and most importantly Let's say the Chargers doctors check uh, them out and they feel good about it. Not that I would trust the Chargers doctors based on the injuries that they've had over the past couple of We seasons. should qualify
2: something. Go ahead. I, this is March 9th, correct? Yes. I believe when he was at the combine, today is the day that Tua said he expected to be cleared. Okay. So. Perfect. Probably after this
0: podcast, you guys are going to, or
2: before you listen to the podcast, someone will say, day, Tua's
0: fine. Hip's
2: That's great. Nothing this morning
0: yet. but And I I'd, I'd be stunned if we heard bad news on the hip between now and the draft. And the Chargers would have to move up in the draft to get them.
1: Let's go to the Denver Broncos. All right, uh, the Broncos were 7-9. and nine. They were second tied with the Raiders, second in the AFC West. They did win four of their last five games. Dave Richard, what do the Broncos need? I
0: don't know why I said Jets there. They need to move up to four. The Jets don't have four. Uh, look, Denver's good at quarterback. At least they say they are with Drew Locke. Running back, uh, they they like Phillip Lindsay, but there's the report from 9 News out there in Denver that they're going to do their due diligence on – the free agent crop of running backs to complement Lindsey. So probably a bad thing for Royce Freeman. Sutton's locked in at wide receiver. They could probably use another wide receiver there. Maybe a slot receiver is specifically what they need because Noah Fant is more receiver than tight end. Uh they might add another blocker type if they cut Jeff Hierman. Hierman will save them about four million. Joe Flacco, when they cut him, that'll save them ten million. That'll put them over seventy million dollars in cap space, which they'll need to help out their offensive line. Uh, their center, Connor McGovern, is going to be a free agent. He was their highest-rated pass blocker, according to Pro Football Focus last year. Ronald Larry is already gone. Their defense needs a lot of work, and, and they got got to jumpstart with A.J. Boye. Von Miller could get traded. He's got a $25 million cap number. It depends on what Denver can get back for him. Uh, don't know what the interior of that defensive line is going to look like either. But there, there's going to be some moving parts here, but this offense, I, I think the key figures for fantasy— are locked in, and that's Lindsey is the one A back. Sutton potentially is the one, the number one receiver, unless they make a huge splash there. And Noah Fant is a is a very very trendy breakout tight end.
1: The Broncos have really failed year after year to create a good offensive line. You know they just they keep missing. So they'll probably address that again. But the all right, let's compare them to like the Jets, who also have a horrible offensive line, but some good young talent. Which team do you think has a better chance to to really take off? Oh, take off Jets. uh, To really take off offensively in 2020, the Broncos or the Jets? Ben?
3: I want to say the Jets because I think Darnold, you know, his season here in 2019 was really derailed by Mono, but I think he's a little further along than Drew Locke, and I think a lot of it flows through the quarterback, but I don't trust Adam Gates. I mean, I think if you give me only these options, I'm going to lean to the Broncos.
1: Guys, what do you
0: think? Jets or Broncos? I'll say Broncos for pretty much the same reason.
2: Okay. Yeah, and like this is this is the like this might be the last year that we get to say Sam Darnold has great talent that we just need someone to unlock. He needs like this is a, a huge year for him as a starting quarterback. They're probably starting to think about the position next year if it's another year under 7 yards per attempt.
1: This might be the last year we talk about John Elway making draft picks, but here's just a note from uh, from an ESPN article. About the offensive line. They haven't had a pro bowler since 2014. That was on the offensive line. That was Peyton Manning's. Uh, that was a great year for Peyton Manning. And um, the last season, a healthy Peyton Manning was behind center. And they have not had their five offensive linemen start 16 games in a season since 2011. They've just had so many injuries that have derailed their plans on the line. The Kansas City Chiefs, they need to get fitted for their Super Bowl rings. They went 12-4. and four. With the six fewest rushing attempts per game in the NFL, we know what they are. Fifth best passing team in the NFL, and that was with Mahomes missing some time. Fifth highest scoring team in the NFL. So, Ben, what do the Chiefs need in the offseason?
3: Well, they need cap space almost more than anything. Um, and I expect that Sammy Watkins will be gone because of that. They don't have a lot of other ways to free up cap space. Um they, they are, are probably going to look at running back and make some decisions there. Obviously, they still have Damian Williams, but he didn't stay healthy last year. They have some young guys behind him and Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them add somebody. And actually, Damian Williams is someone that, you know, I don't expect this to happen, but only has like a $500,000 cap hit. And they could save $2.3 if they let him go and, and try to replace him with a bigger name at running back or someone they felt could be healthier They are a team that you know doesn't have a ton of needs. They obviously just won the Super Bowl, so they could add, you know, a rookie running back. I think that would make some sense to just kind of round out their offense. And they did it with Kareem Hunt a couple years ago, which which didn't work out. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them go that route again with this class. Um, But yeah, they, they. Absolutely need uh, to find a wide receiver to replace Sammy Watkins if Watkins walks. He played inside and outside, and I don't think that would be a huge impact player. You still have Kelsey, you still have Hill, and you still are going to have Nicole Hardman probably expanded to to being the number three in the passing game. So I'm thinking like a Demarcus Robinson type who is probably going to walk as well away from the Chiefs, or Chris Conley if you go back. Somebody who's playing a lot, but maybe not a consistent fantasy producer. And just looking at the free agent list, you know, it could be like a Rashard Higgins who can play inside and outside or Nelson Aguilar or somebody like that, a veteran that you can just bring in and kind of add to fill out your, your receiver core. That's, that's how I would play it if I was in.
1: So it seems like the players that could be impacted would be McCole Hardman and maybe Darwin Thompson, you know, like guys that we want to see have a bigger role in their second season. And will the chiefs bring in veterans or maybe rookies, rookies to, uh, take some of their opportunities away. What do you think, guys?
0: Could Could Damian Williams be affected? Oh, certainly. Yeah. 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 I, I believe, I'm, I'm going to double-check right now, I believe this is the contract year for Damian Williams. So they could go as far as drafting a running back, and that'll be their guy long-term. Might not be their guy this year.
1: Heath, I don't know that we ever got your opinion on this, but... True or false, Damien Williams should have won Super Bowl MVP. 100%
2: and it was uh he, he was robbed. Yeah. And I don't I don't know, it's going to be interesting like I guess I fully expect the Chiefs are going to add a running back and probably multiple wide receivers this offseason, but the amount of resources that they spend on those two things are going to tell us a lot more than we currently know. Like I wouldn't be all that surprised if they were completely comfortable going into the year with Damian, Daryl, Darwin, and then just another guy. A seventh-round pick or a UDFA or a LaShawn McCoy-like free agency addition. Um, because I think it probably, unless they're really comfortable in Mecole Hardman in a bigger role and not just the shot guy, they probably need to worry more about that number two wide receiver role than they do about adding to their running back room.
1: All right, let's go to our sure. last team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh who who I give this one to? Heath? Yeah, go for it. Uh Raiders
2: obviously need a quarterback. Um they are fine at running back. They've got a good tight end. They need a number 1 wide receiver, but only if they're going to get a
1: quarterback. And I mean, it's he's not that bad. Like, Wait, they 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 obviously need a quarterback. Like he's not yes. he's not that bad. He's
2: I I don't know what to do with the fact that you are so down on Tyrod Taylor and you're trying to convince me that Derek Carr is not that bad.
1: What is better about Tyrod Taylor? Like like if you think the Chargers don't need a quarterback, but the Raiders do, I think I just don't know why people hate Derek Carr so much. He's really not that bad. He's perfectly fine. No,
3: he's not. Um, he's, it's nice Taylor. to be back in in. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in line with Heath. It feels <laughs> uncomfortable to be just like constantly disagreeing with Heath, Come but I'm on, glad ben. That I'm back in line. He
1: used to be my favorite analyst. Remember that was last week. I said you were my favorite. analyst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
2: there, I think the interesting part of that is like Derek Carr and the way he plays quarterback is extremely valuable to Waller. And it was probably largely responsible for the second half breakout that we didn't talk about too much from Hunter Renfro. And so if Carr is back, I'd almost rather them just go with Tyrell Williams, Renfro, and Darren Waller. And I think Renfro and Waller can both be good in that situation, but if they want to actually have a good offense, then you go get a quarterback and and you draft a wide receiver really early and and you could possibly have one. Um that I that that's my two biggest needs. I think Tyrell would be more valuable to them if if he had somebody at number 1 on the other side.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's there's a uh... A lot on the line, Dave. I I think that Darren Waller might have the most to lose because you know they wanted Antonio Brown, obviously, and Waller's value instantly went up after they got rid of Antonio Brown, and Waller had a great season. He was, I think, fourth in non-PPR, second in PPR, could not find the end zone, unfortunately, but not really his fault. Um, But do you worry that they bring in a wide receiver and Waller's value really takes a hit, with, including, the you know, what we saw from Hunter Renfro down the
0: stretch, as Heath mentioned. Can you imagine him somehow being more efficient than he was last year? And touchdowns, with a, yeah. He only has three 70, touchdowns. A 77% catch rate?
1: But but the uh, touchdowns, I mean, he, he Waller had the third fair. most targets, the second That's most fine. catches, the second most yards, and the 19th I, right. most touchdowns. I can't touchdowns. imagine
0: he gets to those numbers again in 2020 with improved additions in the offense. So, he's going to have to make up for it in touchdowns. And I don't know if he's catching seven plus touchdowns. So, I, I think he could be somebody else that gets overdrafted.
3: I agree. And Hunter Renfro, you know, as he came on late in the year in the slot, started to take away from Waller. That was a big thing, like in DFS late in the year when Renfro was active and he was in and out of the lineup a little bit. You didn't play Waller. You didn't want to play Waller because he was cutting into Waller's targets so much in the short area of the field. And then, as Heath said, Derek Carr just doesn't push the ball down the field or is incapable. I don't know. I mean, that's the reason I don't think you can ultimately win with him. He's not a guy that is able to take shots and get you back in games. He just dinks and dunks and dinks and dunks. If they have a different quarterback under center, that obviously impacts Waller. It impacts Renfro. But yeah, it's funny. This is the third team we've talked about that tried to acquire Antonio Brown in the last year, just on today's show. Um, I think they're going to add a number one wide receiver. And I think Tyrell Williams is more of a deep threat. And then you have Waller and Renfro underneath. And that's a pretty good setup. Uh, for a quarterback that's willing to push the ball down the field.
1: And for the record, I mean, I completely agree with you about Derek Carr. Like he's he's too conservative, and you can't win a Super Bowl with him. But he's not that bad. Like if he were in most years, he might be the best free agent quarterback on the market. If he were a free agent, you know, like a lot of teams would be happy to have Derek Carr. I think you would just need a really good defense probably
0: if you wanted to go far. Would they take him or would they take Bridgewater? <sighs>
3: Bridgewater does the same Kind
0: of similar I know. Bug
3: stuff sometimes. <laughs> it, almost, it
0: almost comes down to
2: who you get for less. I, I haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater fail near as much, so I'd be more interested in having him just to see if maybe he could be a little better than Carr. Yeah. He, He's probably, probably more accurate. Yeah. I don't have any hope that Derek Carr's ever going to be good.
1: He not you know, he was he was a legit MVP candidate uh like what was that, four years ago? Two thousand six whenever he broke his leg. He had yeah, three thousand nine hundred thirty-seven yards, twenty-eight touchdowns, six interceptions. As I recall, that was two thousand sixteen in fifteen games. It was a bit of a weak year for MVP, um, at least for the race. But he was that was his third year, and that was going to shape up to be more than four thousand yards, about thirty touchdowns, and less than seven interceptions. Like that's a that was a good quarter, and that would have been the second straight year where he basically did that. So you
3: brought up the you brought up the injury, and then he hurt his back really bad. You know, another year. I, did that change who he is? Because he used to be able to support both Amari Cooper and yeah. Michael Crabtree down the field.
1: Yeah, it's tr- yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but all right. Those anyway, guys had a lot my, of touchdowns.
0: That's my speech. That's for, part uh, of the reason why he was me. able to support them. Yep. Okay,
1: uh, I just want to know before we go, like, why Ben? Don't you want to be in the fantasy baseball league?
3: I will, I don't. I don't play a ton of fantasy baseball, <laughs> but I mean, I, I play it, but. Um...
1: You I just don't. listen to Heath. Heath just craps all over the league. And the problem just... is
3: it runs into football season. No, not and... this one.
1: This one ends. See, I'm the commissioner. I do things right. This one ends in August. We don't even play in September. Maybe the first week.
3: It's a little more enticing. Yeah,
1: there you go. If you think <laughs> about it. You and Shaggy B can share a team. The Bens. Case of the Bens. There you go. There's a team name. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Uh, like Bens. You know. Okay. So for Heath and Dave and and Ben, I'm Adam. We got more team needs tomorrow on the show. Until then, na, 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 Dave, na, 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 na. Bye. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived.